Hey everyone, it's Rihanna, and you're listening to Till Shiloh Radio, where we discuss true human history, which all can be traced back to scripture. Till Shiloh Radio. So it's been a pretty weird time these past couple months, you know, with everything that's been going on in the world. And I don't want to talk much about this coronavirus, but I do want to say, guys, I do want to say to just pray, you know, pray over your homes, pray for protection and pray for your peace. To those who have lost a loved one, I pray that God brings you peace and comfort amidst your sorrow. Um, you know, those who are essential workers as well, I know I'm a part of that group. And I pray that God covers us and protects us from this virus. You know, we need to take the regular safety measures as well. You know, always washing or keeping hand sanitizer on us. You know, don't touch your face. Just do what you can to prevent yourself from getting sick. I've been seeing a lot of people complaining about being quarantined. And I mean, I can't relate because I'm still working, but I am a hardcore introvert. So, I mean, this quarantine would have been a dream to me and I can't participate. But in all seriousness, though, I don't think people are realizing the blessing in this quarantine. You know, those of us who are very aware of what this virus is and who is at work regarding it. You know, I mean, I've been seeing so many posts about getting rid of cash and you know, this is their gateway to start pushing the new world order and a thousand percent. I see it too. Okay. Like I see it too. And I agree, but guys are like, we need to realize the blessing in this quarantine. You know, God is forcing us to stay home, to stop everything around us. So we could use this time to draw nearer to him. Okay. The enemy is working. Yes. You know, we know they're always working, but this is God telling you to root yourself in him. Read the scripture and shield yourself with the armor of God. Ephesians 6, 13 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Okay, everything has stopped all around us. And this is your chance to cover yourself. Okay, this war, it will it will turn up a notch, okay? And we need to prepare ourselves. Our faith will be tested, okay? Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in this quarantine and lead you to the truth of God. In the very first episode, I quoted the book Art of War by Sun Tzu, and it said, I'm just going to sum it up, but it said, if you know yourself and your enemy, you know, you'll win every battle. And if you know yourself, but you don't know your enemy, you will win some, but you will also lose some. And if you don't know yourself or the enemy, you know, basically rest in peace to you because you'll lose every single battle. Okay, we make time for everything else in this world, but we don't make time for God. Okay, tuning in and spending that time with him, our father, like guys, come on, you know, listen, listen. Okay, our soul, our souls are eternal, you know, and our time here on earth isn't. When we die, we are all getting judged. And when we are judged, we are judged alone. Okay, your spirit is the most important thing that you own and your soul knows who its master is. Yes, darkness is coming our way, you know, but God is buying us more time. I've been talking about spiritual warfare and, you know, we could feel the changes happening. But God says to put on your armor, which is his word. In Matthew 7 verses 21 to 23, it says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Guys, like, dang. You know, we we don't want to be part of that group. We don't want to be part of that group at all. You know, use this time. Use it to draw near to God, meditate on scripture and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and help you walk in the spirit instead of the flesh. You know, guys, the war has been happening. Okay, it's been happening since the fall of mankind through Adam and Eve, you know, and to be with our father who is a spiritual being, we must live in our own. You know, we must learn to walk in the spirit. This quarantine is like a last call and we need to use this time wisely. I just want to read Psalms 91 to everyone. Just a little something to encourage us and to settle any fear or anxiety any of us, you know, are feeling during these times. So it says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near to you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And you will tread on the lion and the cobra and you will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Okay, so I do want to come around and conclude, you know, this antediluvian era topic and put everything together that I've been building up to. So in today's episode, I will be discussing the Holy Grail legends and how this bloodline ties into the elite that we, the little people, identify as the 1%. So do you guys remember in the first episode I asked, you know, what would you do if you found out the end day prophecies are connected to, you know, aliens and mythological beings and the conspiracy theories and, you know, the whole sort? And I think we've reached a peak here where I can wrap this up. And I hope that so far in this series that I've encouraged you to do some research on your own, you know, like at least while we still can. You know, history has been hidden from us in hopes that humankind won't turn on this 1%, you know, keeping everybody from the truth. This game has been cooking for over 6,000 years, okay? And God tells us to be set apart. But the sad part is, you know, some of us have been called, but we are still drinking from Babylon's cup. Hence why in Revelation 18 verse 4 it says, Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins, so that you will not receive any of her plagues. Or how about when God comes for this generation's next in 2 Timothy verses 3 to 7, where it says that we're always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of truth. And guys, when you read 2 Timothy chapter 3, which I do recommend, it talks about the dangers in the last days. Literally, when you read it, like you'll get triggered because it comes for our necks, you know, like it's one of those damn if the boot fits moments, you know. Here, let me read the beginning of the chapter to give it some context. It says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not the lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. They are the kind who worm their way into the homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kind of evil desires. You know, just always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of truth. Just as James and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will never get very far because in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. Hmm. You know, all of this sin all of this sin blinding us. And even though we stay learning, we never learn the actual truth. And this right there is leading to our demise. We allow ourselves to be misused. You know, we have the access to this truth by building that relationship with God and being led by the Holy Spirit. Okay. And again, I say, take advantage of this quarantine, guys. Take advantage of it. In the last episode, I discussed how after the flood, Noah's great-grandson, who was called Nimrod, 
which in Hebrew means the rebel. Um, he started the very first New World Order after the flood. Everyone spoke um, one language and the corrupted knowledge, the forbidden knowledge of mysticism that was taught by the fallen angels. Um, this knowledge was brought to Nimrod by Hermes Trismegistus, who was connected to the Egyptian god Thoth and Cain's son Enoch, who we called Bad Enoch in the previous episodes. Um, he brought this forbidden knowledge to Nimrod, which brought back the pantheistic mystic religion back from its very short death. And Nimrod was also the very first antichrist, okay? He had the people put their faith in him and his government and his system over God, okay? And he painted God to be an evil God for destroying a bunch of people from the flood, you know? And the Tower of Babel was built under his command. They believed that they could build a tower so high that they would be able to defeat God so he would never send another apocalypse again. But as we read in Genesis 11, God shut down that project and he confused the languages so the people will no longer be able to communicate with each other, giving the tower the name Babel, which in Hebrew means to confuse because there the languages of the world, it was confused. This is where all the different languages were born. So this is what happened during the very first new world order after the flood. You know, people came together to turn against the creator. And if you are interested in the story, I would recommend reading the Sumerian epic of Gilgamesh, um, seeing that it's clear as day that Nimrod the rebel was Gilgamesh in the Sumerian text. Remember, Nimrod ruled over the land called Shinar. That was the Hebrew name for it, but we know it today as Sumer or Sumeria. So I'll probably do a separate episode on this since it's super interesting, but... Yeah, so we discussed um, we discussed that was the first New World Order, and we talked about the idol worshiping and the practices of this, of these you know mystic religions like child sacrifice, and we discussed the Antichrist. So if you didn't listen to last to the last episode, I do recommend that you do just so everything makes sense. And you know, last episode was like my longest episode ever, like a solid like hour and a half. I couldn't imagine. You know, I had so much tea to spill just so I could get to this topic and wrap everything up. So the Freemasons, who we've discussed a lot in this series, you know, they since they are a huge part of this whole conspiracy, um, the Freemasons believe that they descended from the Knights Templar who came from, you know, these secretive elite families whose roots go all the way back to the Essenes. And if you remember from the last episode, the Essenes were a Jewish sect whose doctrine brought um, the Kabbalah, you know, that mystic religion. And if you listen to all the previous episodes, and if you did, like, God bless you guys. You guys are really out here listening to my little tiny podcast, you know, shout out to you guys. But I probably sound like a broken record, but I've been talking about, you know, the Nephilim, the fallen angels and the secret societies and how all their origins start in Genesis, especially in Genesis 6, right before the first ever apocalypse, the flood. But guys, like, here's the tea. Oh, well, okay. It's like major tea. And the messed up part of this tea is that it's like, it's a huge lie, okay? It's a lie that the elite believe to be true. That's what's scary about it, okay? And this is how they will usher in the Antichrist to give validation to his reign. The Holy Grail. If you've heard anything about the Holy Grail, the Holy Grail is blasphemous, but it's through this that the elite run things. Part of this conspiracy is to establish kingship and government leaders who are all indoctrinated with these, you know, mystic secret mysteries. but. The real truth of these mysteries are reserved, you know, for the top dogs, the top ranking elite families. These elite families, okay, they believe they are descendants from the King David dynasty and they believe they are chosen by God, but their God is actually Lucifer. Um, so they believe that their God chose them to rule the world, okay? And when you look into their bloodlines, even 2,000 years ago, their lineage keeps going back all the way to even 6,000 years. Okay, which is another link to this sinister plot. And when I talk about these elite families, these are the guys who took over the royal houses in Europe shortly after um, Yahshua's death. These elite families are referred to as the Rex Deus, which translates as kings of God. And their objective has been to preserve two bloodlines. Um, one of them is the bloodline of Moses and his brother Aaron and then the Davidic bloodline. But here is where it gets messy. They are preserving the bloodlines of Yahshua, our Messiah. But this is pure deception, okay? This is where it gets really messy. They believe that Jesus had children with Mary Magdalene, okay? Even though this is nowhere to be found in scripture. 
but they warp scripture with allegorical interpretation to support this. And I've been saying this whole time, that kind of teaching of the Bible, it's dangerous. Okay. Like they teach the Bible, like it's some encrypted message. You know, this is a lie from Satan himself. The Gnostic doctrine, which is loaded in mysticism, it teaches that Yahshua had two sons with Mary, allegedly, and that they had two sons, and one son was taken to Britain with Joseph of Arimathea, if that's how you say the place. He's in the Bible. He was the one who bought the tomb to put Jesus's body in after he was crucified. And the other son was taken to southern France with Mary. And they say that the children had to be separated to ensure their safety. Again, this is all deceitful, okay? This is not supported anywhere in any scripture. And I don't know if y'all ever seen the movie The Da Vinci Code, but if you did or if you've heard about it, that movie and that book was literally all about this foolishness, okay? It's off-putting info and it's blasphemous, but I had to share because this is all a part of the conspiracy and you'll see how this lie is intertwined in this entire mix, okay? So this holy grail, it's not a cup or a chalice that some people believe it to be, but it's an allegory, okay? It's encrypted with this top secret info from this Rex Dies, this elite group of families. The grail was originally known as Sangral, and Graal is an ancient Mesopotamian word meaning nectar of supreme excellence. Okay, so if you're catching here, they were talking about blood. Grail literature was created to protect these elite bloodlines of Christ, apparently, which was encoded in literature in a form of legomenism. And legomenism in occult traditions, it's a method used, it was used to pass down traditions or wisdom, but it's done in a way so that it appears to be something different. So to make it more clear, for example, like fairy tales, when you read fairy tales, you think that's all they are, right? But these fairy tales, they were used to pass on information on, you know, the whereabouts and bloodlines of certain peoples that only the elite knew of. Okay, that's what that's what a legomenism is. So these stories that are being told to children, like bedtime stories, they had like hidden him information encrypted in it that only the head honchos knew about, okay? And this is what's so troublesome about all of this because a lot of these grail stories hold a lot of metaphors that connect the grail bloodlines to the dragon bloodlines, which were the Nephilim. So ancestral claims from many royal houses in Europe are common and they all melt together under the elite families and this whole holy grail tradition okay the merovingian dynasty was one of the most important dark age dynasties of this entire conspiracy okay so the merovingians not only allegedly come from this messianic bloodline but also from saul of the tribe of benjamin the priory of sion records say that the merovingian origins are connected to the lost tribe of benjamin that migrated to greece then to germany and then this lost tribe intermarried with a descendant of jesus and mary magdalene creating this merovingian dynasty so the name of this dynasty it is believed to have gotten its name from merovec who was the son of king clodius who was king of Franks at the time. But here is where, you know, things start to get weird. Merovic's mother was mythologicalized to have been impregnated by Quinitar, okay? Which is like a creature that looked like a bull. So this could be, this could be a great example of legomenism, okay? Linking them to the bull cult of the Canaanites. Okay, so a little side fun fact, the bull was a sacred animal as well in the mystic religion of Poseidon or Neptune, whoever you want to call him who was a Nephilim god, the Nephilim god of Atlantis. The Quinitar was also known as many things. It was known as a sea serpent or a dragon, which ties this bloodline again to this whole lost city of Atlantis. And guys, when I told you lost civilizations were all involved in this, you know, I will be talking about Atlantis soon in another episode because there's a lot of tea on that as well. But, you know, jumping off the Merovingian dynasty, you know, the next elite group was the Stuart dynasty, which goes all the way back to 1296 with the crowning of Robert the Bruce, who was well known from this uh, elite Holy Grail family group, okay? And he was a protector of the Knights Templar. This Stuart dynasty, they play a huge part in this elite Holy Grail history. 
Um, the Stuart dynasty was one of the longest ruling European dynasties for almost 300 years. And they are right up there next to the Merovingians, okay? I don't want to spend too much time talking about how these dynasties ended up um, intermingling with each other to become one. But I just hope that this encourages you to do your own research. Quickly before I continue, I do want to read um, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. Okay, I'm going to read a couple verses. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. And then 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 says, have nothing to do with godless myths or old wives tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. So as you guys could see from these um, verses in scripture, like this is not new. Like these guys were around these times and they were trying to, you know, tell people, oh, this is where my lineage comes from. And this is where the whole old wives tale, that's what all of it is talking about right so they will use this info to confuse the lukewarm believers you know and i'm out here trying to show you guys where the roots are I, like i don't want to talk about this i'm not promoting this information but i'm talking about it to show you we can trace it all the way back and where it comes from you know so we don't believe their fake narrative okay it's baloney it's trash. So these dynasties, they were hardcore on keeping these bloodlines pure, okay? So it makes you wonder, like, are these elite groups guardians, you know, protecting the bloodlines of their antichrist? Okay, we should also be aware of the revealing of these bloodlines to support the antichrist's ancestry, to support the rise, his rise to power. Okay, remember, the antichrist will claim Jerusalem as prophesied in scripture. Okay, and he will fulfill the abomination in the holy temple of Jerusalem. The different families within this elite group, they will play their part to bring in the world government, but the real hidden agenda behind it will be to put their Merovingian Messiah coming from this so called holy bloodline on the world's throne. And mind you, these guys will have their documents, okay? They will have all kinds of stuff to claim as proof. And they will come prepared to push this false messiah to reign. This world domination with their religion front and center and their whole fake messiah, it will allow them to do what they want. You know, no more hiding since people will be down with the mafia. But let me bring this around, you know, to connect this elite family or elite families to, you know, Freemasonry and the Knights Templar. Because I know a lot of people know that these groups, you know, they know them as, you know, being a part of the Illuminati, but nobody knows why, you know? So I want to discuss this topic before I continue on with these bloodlines because they are all part of this huge big pot of corruption and mess. So these elite families, you know, this Rex Dias, they established a bunch of Masonic lodges all around the world, which was led by their top dogs who wanted to bring about this one world government. And businesses and, you know, important leaders, they were recruited into the society as well. And to drop some history on you, a lot of people don't know that Freemasonry played a huge role in the French and American um, revolutions or rebellions, whichever one you want to call them. Um, they played a huge role in their overall goal. Many historians believe that the French rebellion was an Illuminati conspiracy to place a Freemason, his name was Duke de Lorient, on France's throne, while America was created to be the model for this world government. Okay, so both in France and America, Freemasonry started the ideal world government through this rebellion in order to bring their government and their bloodlines to power. So Freemasonry, as we know it, it started in Scotland shortly after it split from the Knights Templar by the St. Clair dynasty, which is another one of these, you know, family dynasties. So William St. Clair, who was head honcho in the Templar hierarchy, he also had Merovingian descent, okay? And the St. Clair dynasty protected and funded Freemasonry and the Stuart dynasty funded them as well. So seeing that America was founded to be, you know, this model for the New World Order, it makes sense why, you know, America is covered with these Masonic symbols, you know. America is a federal government that speaks for its independent states that are united in free trade and crowned with one leader or president. Now, regarding this whole god of Freemasonry, they call it the 
great architect of the universe. So Robespierre, who was one of the guys in charge of the French rebellion, he ensured that all the Christian churches were converted into these temples for Freemasonry. Okay, and Robespierre also converted the calendar to the ancient Egyptian calendar of 360 days plus five special days dedicated to Osiris and Isis, who I mentioned in previous episodes and my History of Christmas episode. They're part of that whole mother and father trinity of paganism. So this French rebellion caused France to be completely de-Christianized. The craft legends believe that Freemasonry comes from Babel and even before, which we know that, you know, Hermes went to um, Babel to pass on this forbidden knowledge to Nimrod, which caused this secret knowledge to survive until today. In Freemasonry and all these other secret societies and mystic groups, the sun or light it's pretty important to them because it's figurative for knowledge or enlightenment, which what this is what they call gnosis. And this is something that ties these guys to what took place in the antediluvian era. Um, it's the sacred calendar of the Masons. They call it Anu Lucis which is believed to have started in 4000 BC, okay? Anulusis is the date memorializing the beginning of Freemasonry. But this is the catch here, okay? This date, 4000 BC, it coincides with the life of Cain, who was the one that corrupted the seven sacred sciences, okay? But guys, Freemasonry is literally a secret society within a secret society. I mean, you have the head honchos that know exactly what they're really working with. And then you have the outer groups, you know, which has the lower level initiates who don't have a single clue on what it's actually about. You know, they're they're fed a whole different narrative, but essentially they're what the new age doctrine is all about. Right. So those who are into new age they will drink this cup of Babylon gladfully when things start rolling. This coming world government will only tolerate those who embrace the future harlot religion of Babylon. You know, things won't be based on the rights of individuals, but the collective rights, which are set by this religion. So in other words, it's either you down with the mafia or you're not. So Freemasonry is described as a religion hoping to unite God and man and to elevate their members to a level of consciousness so that they can see the workings of this great architect god of theirs. So the question is, who is this architect god? Okay, so I hope that you know that it's no shock that this great architect, it is not the most high, it is the god of mysticism who is Lucifer. Okay, Lucifer is the sun god that all these ancient religions worshipped. You know, the all-seeing eye is Lucifer. The snake symbols on everything, like the World Health Organization, like guys, come on, look at the symbol of medicine. Okay, in the US, if you Google it, if you Google it right now, it's literally the symbol of Hermes, okay, with the two snakes on it. And we stay looking for solutions from them to help us, you know, like, come on, we gotta listen, man. Lucifer is called the great architect because he's not a creator god. He creates from existing material the same way that architects do. So the Christians who remain loyal, they won't be welcome in this age of the new world order of so-called enlightenment, okay? We will be seen as ignorant and intolerant, obeying the evil God in their eyes, okay? And the saints will be hunted and imprisoned and enslaved and slaughtered by these enlightened people. Okay, this new world order will bring forth a whole Nazi regime on a worldwide scale led by this antichrist who will promise, you know, a utopia that will lead to nothing but war and genocide and it will result in another apocalypse. Okay, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 3 says, while the people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, they will not escape. So now to continue this topic of this elite and their connections to the antediluvian era, um, the royal house of Celtic Britain before their downfall was known as the Red Dragon Dynasty of Wales, which is interesting because in Revelation 12 verse 3 says that another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its head. 
His tail swept one third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. Scripture here is portraying Satan to be the red dragon and the one third of angels that went down with him. Britain has been repping the red dragon throughout the last 2000 years. Okay, so I hope you guys see that link because that's what it was. Um, so the Scythians, who originated in southern Siberia, they were mentioned in scripture as the kingdom of Ashkenaz, who was from the Table of Nations in Genesis text. They were descendants of Noah's son, Japheth, who populated Europe after the flood. But anyways, their stories or legends, they're filled with, you know, magic swords like the Excalibur. Right. So, for example, y'all ever seen that Disney movie, um, The Sword in the Stone? That's just another one of the many stories and legends, you know, this King Arthur and the magic sword. All of that. Remember what I was saying about legomenisms? That's another example. The magic swords and the golden chalices, they are all representations of this holy grail. Also, fun fact here, the Samaritans that we read about in scripture, they were a cousin race to the Scythians, okay? The Scythians, who I said was the kingdom of Ashkenaz in scripture, you had the Samarians, who was the kingdom of Gomer, and then the Samaritans of the Black Sea region. All of these guys, they eventually all blended in as a people. But legend has it that the Amazonian women of Greek myths, they interbred with the Scythians, which created the people known as the Samaritans. But by 200 BC, the Samaritans had dominated Cynthia, causing them to blend all into one, and the land became known as Samarita. But hear this, okay? The Samaritans or Samaritan, it literally means lizard people, okay? And in the ancient days, lizards and snakes and dragons, they were all considered the same thing. So this is where it all comes together, okay? The Samaritans were known to be descendants of the Aryan race, all right? A-R-Y-A-N race. These guys were the people of Atlantis, home of the Nephilim in the antediluvian era. Okay, this Aryan race is where Hitler's obsession with that superior race came from. So these lizard people, clearly because of their ancestry coming from the Nephilim, and remember the Nephilim were known for having faces that looked like snakes, like vipers. So anyways, to round this all up, with the rise of the Roman church and the fall of the, of Celtic Britain, it ended the days of this red dragon, but the bloodline still continued in secrecy, which kept them in power in Europe with the Norse and Merovingian elite families, okay? So in these Holy Grail stories, you know, these legends, Merlin the wizard, who was in, you know, the King Arthur legends, he talked about the befalling of his era and that the medieval era had to endure for some time. But he was referring to the rise of the Roman church. When the Roman church was rising, the Druid and Gnostic doctrines were hidden by using Celtic Christianity as a cover-up so that it looked like they were loyal to Rome. But they were practicing their mystic beliefs on the Lolos and they did this without anyone knowing, you know, and this is what made Celtic Christianity become supported. In Britain, there was this secret society called the Ordo Draconis, okay, and it was revived from the ancient dragon society in Egypt and Heliopolis, where the Great White Brotherhood was at. This dragon society basically had something that was like a school for pharaohs and priests, and it was to teach them this mystic knowledge of Thoth, aka Hermes, right? And this knowledge, it was the knowledge coming straight from Cain. And these teachers of this dragon society had this whole operation going to ensure the purity of this royal bloodline through the women of this dragon bloodline, you know, this holy grail. Okay, so guys, we're almost there. And I hope you guys are still with me. I'm going to go back to the days of Cain to bring this all around. But, you know, let's take a little intermission here before I continue. Take a breather, you know, get a drink, take it easy. Um, but yeah, I need some water. So as we can see, these guys love their serpent and their dragon allegories. But you know, it was written in scripture that the serpent was the craftiest of all animals in Eden. Okay, in the Bible and many other ancient texts, they show us how serpents were beings that walked on two legs until God shut it down after the infamous event that went down in Eden, right? So now the original serpents, they must have looked something similar to the... Um, 
seraphim angels, who we know are one of the top ranking angels in God's creations. And seraphim in Hebrew is literally translated as serpent. So I hope you guys are still following and catching on. Some cultures believe that all these serpent allegories all reflect on a memory of time where serpents and reptiles were a dominant species at one time. So maybe don't take this as a fact. Okay, this is just theory, my personal theory. But I feel like this is probably likely that, you know, dinosaurs and these other reptilian beings were you know, these watchers in other life forms. Okay. And if you guys ever, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Star Trek, but there was an episode about some ancient superior race called Saurians, who were a reptilian race that evolved from dinosaurs and they ruled the earth before humans. Okay. So do you see where, you know, this is going? I know you guys been heard of the conspiracy theories regarding, you know, alien reptilian races living underground in the earth. I'm not even going to go there and talk about that topic, but I hope the pieces are coming together and how everything I've been talking about is like all intertwined. Okay. So this reptilian being was punished for being a vessel for Satan and it started it, this is what started the madness, you know, that will follow. And the serpent learns from God that there will be someone to come and crush their head. In Genesis 3, verse 15, it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So by looking at everything we've talked about, you know, these fallen angels they had hoped to replace the kingly and messianic inheritance of Adam's seed with this new hybrid creation that contained this reptilian-like DNA that resulted in these snake-like looking Nephilim. You know, this created this serpent or dragon, you know, whatever they want to call it. It's all the same. It's all the same Nephilim and fallen angel bloodline, right? But this is what created it. And this is where their true heritage comes from. Okay, the elite want to make him, you know, ruler of the world. You know, the future Antichrist will be genetically descended from this dragon bloodline. Okay, and this Holy Grail, who we now know represents this dragon or serpent seed, they trace all the way back to the founders of Freemasonry and Cain's descendants that corrupted the seven sacred sciences back in Genesis, which I've mentioned many times in the previous episodes. Okay. Cain played a huge part in this conspiracy, and I want to quickly go over history regarding Cain, which we can get a lot more details from the Sumerian texts, okay? So Cain's Sumerian name was written on their king's list as Kish of Mazda, and successor to the Ataba the Adama. That was his title, okay? Mazda is translated from Sumerian as the one that prostrates himself as a serpent. Cain was listed in the Kings of Kish list with the title Ar-Iwiam because he was the first worshiper of the fallen angels just to spite God. Cain was a kid basically chosen by the fallen angels and this kingship made him the popular boy on the block, right? He was chosen to be the root seed for this serpent bloodline that has survived to this day. So another recap so far. So now we know that after the flood, the kingship began all over again with Nimrod, the rebel, and his descendants who were the kings of Babylon and, you know, the pharaohs of Egypt. We also know that the Nephilim bloodlines are still thriving today. Okay, we talked about how the antediluvian knowledge survived the flood by Hermes, um, who found the forbidden knowledge and brought it to Nimrod while he was running things. And this brought the rebirth of the mystic religions, which is still being practiced by these secret societies. In the antediluvian era, the Nephilim took kingship and power over the earth to take control over the humans. Genesis 6 tells us that there were Nephilim before the flood and also after. And to continue running things, they intermarried with the early rulers of the many kingdoms that Nimrod had control over, right? And this was done to make sure that this dragon bloodline would be running through all the nations and the world bloodlines of the earth, except for God's chosen people, the Israelites. Okay, and it's for this reason that the elite, this holy grail operation, they try so hard to graft itself into the only bloodline that is completely pure 
of Nephilim blood. And guys, this whole doctrine of ruling and enslaving humankind, it has been going on since the fallen angels first took the women to create this attack on the Most High's natural order. You know, humans were only ever useful to these Nephilim bloodlines as slaves, okay? And it will continue to be so until the Most High calls us home. This conspiracy against humankind and God ended up with all of the shenanigans to place a fake descendant of Jesus on Jesus's throne, okay? And when you read scripture, Satan works to destroy the Most High's creation, you know? And it's like kind of out of spite, you know? You you been no you knew he thought he had it in the bag when he tricked Adam and Eve okay but boom God comes with this holy prophecy of someone from God's pure creation coming to end him so then it's like okay all right let's go back to the drawing board and then you know Satan comes up with the next plan to ruin the human gene pool so that this Messiah coming from God couldn't come because the pure a pure human would no longer exist but then God shut that down too and he sent the flood saving Noah and his family that didn't get mixed up in the foolishness, okay? So, like, do you see how God works, right? Like, Satan really thought he had it in the bag. So now Satan goes back to the drawing board again, and, you know, he just replicates God's plan, right? So, like, how I see it, it's like, it's like, okay, so you finna bring through a Messiah? Let me create my own then, you know? And when you read through scripture, that's exactly what it looks like went down, you know, even when Yahshua touched down, Satan tried to bribe him with worldly possessions so that Yahshua could bow to him as his God. Okay, so it looks like everything manifested itself. You know, this 6,000 year scheme to destroy, you know, God's most prized possessions, which are us. So when I talk about, you know, the Nephilim being a thing in the last days, like the days of Noah, I'm not talking about like, you know, the 300 foot monsters of the ancient days of Atlantis, you know, but I'm out here talking about the descendants of them, right? So I hope you guys see the grand scheme here and that, you know, you could open your eyes to everything, you know, this 6,000 year conspiracy, it's all revolving around, you know, the Freemasons and the Illuminati and, you know, all these elite organizations, you know, and the thing is too, like people get so caught up in the entertainment world and, you know, calling out celebrities on whether or not they're in the Illuminati. And, you know, it's really pointless because the lower ranking Masons, like they don't even have the slightest clue on who, you know, these top dogs are within that society. And they don't even know the truth about what they've even gotten themselves into, you know? And in the case for celebrities as well, they're brainwashed to brainwash us, right? They shove subliminals into your subconsciousness and they control us using the media. You know, the celebrities are products and they're engineered to do the works of their handlers. That's all. So again, I want to do a quick little recap, you know, just to make sure... Then everybody is on the same page. Um, <laughs> so we had Hermes. Um, he takes the forbidden knowledge of, you know, this antediluvian era, this Atlantis, and he brings it over to Nimrod at Babel. And then from Babel, it goes over to this snake brotherhood in Egypt. And then you have, you know, we read about this in scripture, but you have the Israelites, you know, just going about their days, you know, trying to figure things out, do the will of God. Um but they were pretty quick to get mixed up in the pantheistic religions as well. And it was, you know, because everybody else was doing it. It was like those case, like that case of FOMO, you know, well, everyone's doing it. I want to do it like that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, we read about all of this in scripture. Then you had the Essenes who followed the Gnostic doctrine of Jewish mysticism. And it was this knowledge that the Essenes followed that went through, you know, to the Greek mystery schools after Egypt. And then from there, it went to, um, the elite, you know, this holy grail organization, the Rex Deus, you know, who were the Knights Templars, the Priory of Sion, the Freemasons, you know, so on and so forth. And these mystery schools and secret societies, they all have their roots. And it goes all the way back to the days of Cain and his son, whom we called Bad Enoch, you know, just to separate him from the good Enoch, who was Noah's grandfather. Only the elite in these days, in these ancient days, they knew exactly what was going on while the people blindly worshipped, you know, these fallen angels as their gods. And all of this is literally seen today on repeat, you know, especially with the rebirth of this religion, of this new age, you know, religion and doctrine. This is literally history repeating itself, 
you know, alchemists, you know, they believe in this stuff as well. Um, you know, the one that they call like eons or aeons or uh, the invisible ones. I mean, today they're known as spirit guides, but bruh, like, come on, these guys, every single one of them, they're all from the same avatars, okay? They're fallen angels, uh, demons, aliens, you know, this is who these elite of this holy grail blood, this dragon blood, this is who they are doing the work of, okay? This is who is governing the world, okay? The sciences of heaven, you know, the sacred sciences, they were corrupted and preserved just to completely delude this godless and clueless generation so that we could rebel and turn from the true creator and the owner of this earth towards our own spiritual death, you know? And this is literally what happened in the days of Nimrod. This is literally what happened. It's a repeat. And this is what people are forgetting. It doesn't matter if we die, you know, because death is inevitable. We're all going to die. Immortality, it was taken from us because of the fall of our ancestors, Adam and Eve. So our physical shell, it will pass away, but, you know, the spirit, the soul, it's eternal, okay? And Satan gets us to spiritually kill ourselves through all of these schemes here on earth, okay, that he's raiding over. People forget that Satan is not underground with a pitchfork. You know, he's on earth. He's running things, okay? Ephesians 6, chapter 12 to 13 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. You know, this secret knowledge, it has been hidden and it's been guarded until, you know, destiny comes calling for it. Okay, and the joke is this knowledge has been referenced all throughout our lives and we know many of them through, you know, myths and legends from cultures all over the world and we watch them in our movies as entertainment. These descendants of these Nephilim, they want to rebirth their golden age of Atlantis, okay, the new Babylon and repeat history bringing in the final apocalypse, not in water but in fire. This will be the final war of good over evil you know and this is where the alien brainwashing comes in i truly believe okay i believe that when we're exposed to aliens they will be introduced to us as the good guys okay and when yashua and the army of our creator comes those who have drunk from the cup of spiritual death they will fight with their enemy satan their enemy they will fight with their enemy together against yashua and the army of god who has come to save them Okay, Yahshua and the army of God, they will be portrayed as the bad guys, like it's been done all throughout history. This is prophecy. We know what is destined to happen will happen. Revelation 13 verses 7 to 10 says, so it's talking about the Antichrist here, but it says, It was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. It was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose name have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, the Lamb who was killed from the creation of the world, whoever has ears, let them hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity they will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword they will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. I also want to read... Um, Daniel chapter 12 verse 10 says many will be purified made spotless and refined but the wicked will continue to be wicked none of the wicked will understand but those who are wise will understand guys our spirits will be attacked like never before they will come to the people with talks of reason you know this is what you know this is what science is you know science is to completely destroy faith you know the complete and pure faith of the true believer you know, this is why there are so many lukewarm believers. You know, the enemy plays into the fact that people tend to believe only what they can see. So they play into that with, you know, delusions and trickery. So we believe them and not the word of God. Okay, this is just like what Satan did to Adam and Eve. He knew they wouldn't drop dead right there, but he tricked them knowing that it wouldn't be then, but eventually. You know, this is what Nimrod did to get all the people on his side as well. Guys, like... 
we have two choices. You know, does the world really mean that much to us? And surviving in a place that we're not even meant to survive in, does it really mean that much to you? Okay, so now you guys know who are running things, who are really running things. You know, the Most High tells us we cannot serve two masters, for we will love one and hate the other. We can't love both. So what will be your choice, you know, to cover your ears and drink from the cup of poison that Satan has concocted just for you, you know, or or are you going to tough it out? Are you going to tough it out for the eternity promised to us by our creator? We need to trust in him. He's got the real life and the real dream of complete peace, real peace, okay, where evil doesn't even exist. Yes, you know, choosing God will come with huge battles, you know, those of us who choose God, we will be persecuted as the lowest of lows, okay? We'll be the scumbags of the earth for not getting on board of a world gone mad. But glory to God is the rewards ever beautiful. Revelation 21 verses 3 to 8 says, And then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things have passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give them water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. So before I go, I know y'all heard me drop some bombs in there about, you know, the lost city of Atlantis and how it was involved in a lot of this, you know, conspiracy. But I am going to stay, you know, stay tuned because that topic is next. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this little series here. You know, any questions, feel free to DM me at Till Shiloh Radio on Instagram. And if you're listening on the Anchor app, you know, you can send a voice memo. I would love to include it on the show. Um, I also finally um, uploaded the episodes on YouTube. So you could watch it all on YouTube. The page is Till Shiloh Radio. And you could leave comments. Um, I love, love to answer your questions. You know, I hope this helped you guys. And my main thing is I hope it encouraged you to do, you know, your own research because I feel like you'll, everything, come, like, you know, you could watch stuff and people could tell you whatever, but I feel like it really, really comes all together as well when you, you know, you do the research and you learn it yourself, you know? So... Again, you know, I pray that God gives everybody strength in these times. And I know the quarantine, I know it's hard, but I think we underestimate, you know, the blessing in staying home. You know, our homes are a safe place. When we make it home each day, we made it home safe by the grace of God, you know. So take advantage of this quarantine, you know, draw near to God, put on your armor because, yo, this war, this spiritual warfare game is about to turn all the way up, okay? And there's a reason. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, it's like a last call. Guard up. Put your armor on because it's about to start. Use this time wisely, guys. Okay? I love y'all. And be blessed. Shiloh Radio.